You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Touch judges already. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form The Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Super Rugby. More games, more finals, more derbies. It's Rugby Supercharge. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Squires. Ah, yes, Tony having the day off, so Dan Ganone in the chair, but we got we got Matty Burke, we got Tim Horan, and isn't it nice we're all on the same time? It's 9 o'clock in Sydney, <laughs> 9 o'clock in Brisbane, 9 o'clock in uh, Canberra. We are live across the nation because the daylight's... Did you get caught out uh, uh, this morning, Matty? The, 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 the clock on the iPhone, uh, I changed it before I went to bed, and then all of a sudden I woke up and I had to turn on the telly to work out the time. It was like, hang on, where am I? My 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Timmy Horan, it wouldn't have affected you because you're in Queensland, and Queenslanders, for whatever reason, don't believe in daylight saving. No. No, we don't have that sort of problem here. But uh, good week of rugby, though, wasn't it? Uh, some good scores, which I'm sure we'll touch on, and uh, some good games. The, the Waratahs got up, also the Reds. So um, interesting time for uh, going forward in sort of getting close to the middle of the competition. Yeah, three wins for the Aussie teams, a couple of losses. I mean, the Rebels played the four, so obviously we're going to get one winner and one loser out of that. Uh, but uh, not a bad weekend. What's your story of the weekend so far, Matty? Oh, look, I, I, I thought it was uh, after two weeks ago when the Waratahs got a bit of a, a heckling, a bit of a booing on the on the weekend. Uh, oh, sorry, two weeks ago. On the weekend, the, the chant came up of don't kick the ball, don't kick the ball because Oratars were struggling to hang on to it. Chiefs were coming back. They actually needed to kick the ball at the time to be in good field position. Helmet, you, you were there. Um, yeah. But the execution wasn't spot on. So the crowd, you know, a crowd got into it again. I thought it was quite humorous, actually. Oh, it, was a, it was a good game. It, uh, it was a hard-fought game. They did struggle a bit towards the end. But my, my story of the, uh, the weekend of the Rebels, how good are they going? They've won so many, a couple of games now at home, and they just haven't won a game away. And all of a sudden, um, last night against the Force, they get up by just that one point, which we'll discuss later in the show. There, were, there, were, there were, would be people, many, that wouldn't have even thought they'd win three games for the year. We're not even halfway through the comp. They've already got their three wins up. So congratulations to them. They're middle of the table in the Australian Conference. Plenty to get through. We're going to hear from the Queensland captain, James Horwell, after the Reds had a, well, a close win, but any win in South Africa is a good one. Found them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. At the Ruck Show. Uh, this morning uh, we had, uh, well, last night we had the Rebels beating the Force 26-25. Stormers over the Sharks 16-6. And the Queensland Reds beating the Lions 30 points to 25. Now, the Lions are not exactly the trendsetters of South African rugby boys. They are uh, now one win and six losses. But the Reds came back from uh, from, from, from way down, uh, Matty Burke. I know you watched this game. And, uh, the, you know, any win's a good win in South Africa. So well done to the Reds, I suppose. It is indeed. And, and if you look at the stats, they've got five bonus points now, uh, Timmy, as well. So they they have stressed teams on the way through. That's that's the biggest part of it. This is the Lions. This is the Lions. John Mitchell's over there. Carl Spencer's is uh, is the backs coach. They play a free-flowing game. And, and when you play in Johannesburg, it just seems to flow a bit more. Tell me, I, I don't know about you, but the game last night was just back and forth. The Lions got out to a bit of a lead. Um, they came back, the Reds. Uh, Horwell spent time in the bin. Or it was actually, a couple of blokes spent time in the bin for the Reds. And then straight after halftime, Digby Awani, first rule of catching a high ball, close your elbows, bang, straight <laughs> keep through. keep your eye on the ball, straight keep, through. Yeah. Straight through. Uh, their fullback picked up, scores a try. And then it, you know, the worst thing that could happen for a start of the second half. But they clawed their way back and they did well, the Reds. Yeah, they did well. well down 11-0. So to, to win any game in South Africa, it, it, it's going to take some some time. They they were patient about it. And it just shows the experience of that team now. They're still a young, young group of guys. But their experience as well. So to come back from eleven nil to win thirty to twenty five, you'd take that game because 
Ewan McKenzie, before he went on the plane to go to South Africa, he said, if, he, if I can get four points out of this first game, I'll just give us some momentum because then next week they'll come up against the Stormers and you know the Stormers beating the Sharks 16-6. That's a massive win down in Durban, away from home from the Stormers. So the Stormers are the, uh, really the only unbeaten side so far in Super Rugby. Yeah, they're number one in, in all of rugby if you put the 15 teams together. Uh, now, that, that you know, we talk about you know the big games between the Reds and the Waratahs and the interconference games. This could be the biggest win for the Red season because that keeps them... Uh, four points ahead of New South Wales. That might be the thing that gets them the Australian uh, Conference title when we, we talk about it at the end of the year. The captain, James Horwell, spoke to Fox Sports after the game. Well, you went off uh, for a yellow card, two yellow cards, in fact, and that means that you guys had to really pull finger to get that match done. Yeah, yeah, well, our discipline let us down in that game uh, all the way through it, so we needed to uh, look at that for next week, but really proud of the boys. They, they dug deep, and we were down and out there for a while, but we came out at the start of that second half and played the footy that we like to play. So, uh, but discipline certainly something we need to improve on. You can't, can't have two yellow cards. In the past, uh, there always to be a lot of talk about teams travelling and then playing at altitude. Is that uh, now just relegated to the past? Yeah, I think so. You can't use anything in excuses. Part of this tournament is you've got to travel and uh, you know, you've, got to, you've got to travel well on the road and the teams that do well on the road usually do well in this competition. So we've, we've got one for one on, this, uh, on our tour and we go to Cape Town next week for a big match against the Stormers. Yeah, it is a big one against the Stormers. They're one of the best defensive sides in uh, the tournament and I suppose that's going to test you guys um, and your ability to spread that ball and break that uh, defensive line. Yes, yeah, certainly. They've been uh, very impressive. I know they play the Sharks uh, just after this game so that'll be uh, an interesting matchup. But we We've got a, uh, a couple of things that we need to work on for, for next week. Well, James, well done today. Good luck for the rest of your tour and the season. Thanks very much. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Oh, oh, you you pointed out there, Berkey. If, I mean, if we're playing for bonus points uh, for cliches, then they would have got they would have got full points. <laughs> There's yeah. a few there, wasn't there? Interesting, interesting. Um, he was talking about the altitude there, and that's the one of the reasons why the Reds played on Saturday afternoon last Saturday. So they get on a plane first thing Sunday morning to get get over to Johannesburg at Sunday lunchtime and trying to acclimatise. Because Berkey, as you understand, mate, when you're playing at altitude, that last fifteen or twenty minutes, you're, you're gasping for air, trying to trying to suck it in. It's just not there. It, it, it burns your lungs. It's uh, and I mean these guys are they, they're used to it. It's the extra oxygen up there, or it's the, it's the lack of oxygen, I should say, that's up there. But they are used to it. It's it's a difficult time. That we've we've tried so many t- so many different methods of trying to combat the the altitude and and the time change. Uh, there was one stage there, Timmy, where we had to wear sunglasses uh, up in the morning. So we we got up in the morning at Randwick uh, down at the the hotel down there. We had to put sunglasses on. Uh, wear them at the same time. We had to sleep with a uh, like a mask on on the on the plane and and get over there to try and get the time zones. To try and get away. the time zones yeah. away. Oh. Exactly right. And, and you just end, take a sleeping tablet. In the end, we got beaten anyhow. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good. If anyone knows how to combat the 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 lack of altitude, can someone ring in one triple three five three? I mean, I'm, it's not on the rundown here. We're not, but but I'm fascinated because there'll be some expert out there listening to this show. There's probably a surefire technique to at least improve yourself. Uh, I would imagine that the Reds would be better served uh, for next week's game because obviously now a couple of weeks uh, in in South Africa, so they'll, they'll be in better shape next week, even though they are playing the best team in the comp. Yeah, but certainly they're going to go down to sea level, so they're playing oh, Cape beautiful. Town, so that's where the Stormers are from. So the, the Stormers in Cape Town, that's going to be a very difficult game. But uh, even it's, uh, it was actually funny, Berkey, a while back when we were playing many many years ago, we were playing a game of touch football on the beach at Durban, um, waiting to fly up to play in Johannesburg, and and one of the guys said, "Oh, geez, I'm strong." with his altitude we said mate you're playing on the beach at sea level so there's nothing here 
<laughs> more name. of them. Go on. I was going to say, name names for me. Come on. No, 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 no. <laughs> you want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. A show about rugby. Put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Boys, there's been a bit of talk around that there could be a salary cap, rugby league, AFL style, introduced to Australian rugby. Matt Burke and Tim Horan, do you like the idea? Uh, do you see it working? Well, the interesting, I think the interesting point also that, uh, Dan, was there was something in the paper uh, a couple of days ago about players wanting more money, players wanting to, to up the ante on, on the uh, the amount of, I suppose, the breakdown of the pie that they're getting from, from the, the sponsors and, and, and the rest of it. And... What we've heard so far is that they want a reduction in, in rugby union terms for, for Australian-wise. But I think we spoke about just a minute ago off air. If, if that's the case, blokes are just going to go high-tailing overseas and pick up... We heard Dan Carter perhaps potentially is going to Racing Metro for $31,000 a month, I think it was, to uh, four point something or other million over three years. It's just quite incredible. Sure, yeah, but the, I think the, the salary cap that you know, the Australian Rugby Union are looking to bring in, I don't think it's official yet... Is about say it's about sort of call it four million dollars per year. I think it's a good i good idea to actually give the states responsibility to run that program. But the problem is there has got to be a salary cap on what you can pay your highest paid player or your top players because otherwise it'll get out of hand. And the middle tier players they're the ones that will lose out, and they're the ones that if you pay your top players you know three or four hundred thousand dollars through the states, then the middle tier players will struggle and they'll get less, and that'll then potentially send them overseas. I stand corrected. Dan Carter, thirty one thousand a week. Thanks yeah. for coming. But if this is an Australian rugby idea, wouldn't they just be lapped by the New Zealand and South African teams that wouldn't have a salary cap? So, you know, you're talking about, you know, Australian players would go to Europe and go to Japan. This can only be detrimental. I mean, if Australian teams can't compete against the other teams, people aren't going to go to games, then it's going to have a detrimental effect, I would have thought. I think the difficult part also about that is the, the whole selection process. They, they worked out that there's about sort of 15, potentially 20 guys that are playing overseas who could come and represent another team, fill in, a, for a, I suppose, in, in some way, a Melbourne Rebels. But they've opted to stay overseas in, in France, UK mm. or in Japan because of the coin factor. And, you know, when, when you... When you when it, it comes down to just basically, well, it's a lifestyle now, isn't it? I mean, this is their career. This is where they make their money. It's a short-term exercise, and and if they can get as much wedge as they can over there, you, you can't, you can't well, players, go, well, you can't go at someone because of that, I suppose. Yeah. Well, and what, what you find is players now, like um, the longevity of the game, is probably about eight to ten years, and the players will be loyal as long as their contracts are. So if you sign for the Waratahs for three years, you're loyal to the Waratahs for three years, and then you'll look at other opportunities. So the, the player's lifespan is only that eight, eight to ten years, so they've got to make it worthwhile. But I think the Australian Rugby Union and also the Rugby Union Players Association, there's a, there's a fair bit to go yet. Uh, Tim, I was going to ask you a question, mate, then. Has the loyalty changed from when, say, you and I play to what it is now? So... When, when I know when you played, all you wanted to do was play for your country, and, and me too. It was only at the end when you went overseas that it was sort of the end of your career, so to speak, where guys are now are chopping and changing mid-career. So in terms of holding the, the Wallaby jersey in, in high esteem, it's like, well, I could probably come back to that in a couple of years' time and give it another shot. And in the meantime, Dan Carter-style, earn 31000 a week. Well, you can. You can go overseas. You can you can play for two years, then come back. So, I mean, Matt Giddo, he's going to play in the south of France next year for a couple of years, and then he still thinks he'll be young enough to come back and still have a crack at the Wallabies. Well, I think once he gets a taste of the uh, the rosé <laughs> and the uh, and the croissants down the south of France, I don't think he'll be coming back in and, a couple of years' and time. And conversely, players are leaving 
should and they, and as you said, Matt, they're leaving before the end of their career. They're mm. right in the meat of their career. Should Australian rugby start conceding defeat and going, okay, blokes are going to leave. We should allow them still to play for the Wallabies, even if they're not in the ARU setup. Well, that's that's the other question, isn't it? South Africa did it a couple of years ago. Percy Montgomery was playing overseas, and they brought him back. Uh, there's always the conjecture of do you take the overseas players on the way through, and and maybe. The, the difficulty of that is the, the different seasons that are happening at, at the mm. time, so they can be playing out of out of season. But then you you got to you got to reward your homegrown talent as well. I think that's 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 the biggest thing. And and if these guys are going off and, and earning plenty of coin elsewhere, it's like well that's your if you call it sabbatical, so to speak, earn your coin, do your stuff. But then if you're playing for us, you're highly and solely for us. So in, you can't have they it both do. ways, I suppose. Interesting what they do, Berkey, over in Ireland, talking to Brian O'Driscoll, the great uh, centre for Ireland, played many, many years there. He's been played about 13 years. He was saying what, they do, what the government do in Ireland is if you play your entire career mm. in Ireland, you get a tax concession of 40%. So when you finish your career and you finish it in Ireland, you don't travel away, you get 40% of the tax you paid back. So um, that's an incentive for people to stay, players to stay in Ireland their whole career. You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. A show about rugby put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Yes, Dan Ganoni here for Tony Squires. But uh, Matty Burke, uh, we'll talk about the Waratahs in a bit more depth a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, your involvement in the game now, now the team was booed a couple of weeks ago against the Cheetahs. You were flicked? Is that you? Were you the scapegoat for that defeat as you were not running the water on Friday night? Yeah, the difficulty was, mate. And it's only, I've got two decisions to make water or Powerade. And, and I got it wrong. So that's why they said, hey, mate, look, you got it's a, it's a simple game. You've got to get off. But um, a couple of years ago, I got, uh, I got a rev up from the crowd. We were uh, playing a game. Half time, they used to do a shot at goal. And, and it was for a bit of cash and that kind of stuff. There's a guy from Tamworth called Bob. I came out after half time and I missed a couple of goals from halfway. I missed one from halfway. I missed one from about sort of 48. And the crowd started chanting, bring on Bob, bring on Bob, as in Bob from Tamworth. So you can sort of get the feeling sometimes that your shoulders go down. It's like, oh, okay, really? Am I that bad? You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Two international players. He's got it. Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Looking for support. And then there's the ring-in, Tony Squires, The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Uh, Rebels over the force, 26-25. By the way... Finally, the Rebels win one away from home. The force were in front by how many at one stage? Oh, they were, they were in front by about 10 points at one stage, and the uh, the Rebels, uh, they got a uh, intercept try, and all of a sudden, then Danny Cipriani put one across uh, from a penalty goal, and um, they, they got two tries within th- in five minutes in the second half. What about the, the try to uh, Richard Kingy from Cipriani? So Cipriani, they get a penalty about five metres out from the uh, the forced try line. Cipriani it walks, to the, uh, walks to the referee. Referee says, mate, what are you going to do? And he just takes his time, and he turns around and puts a cross-field kick into like the five meter zone of, of the um, on the, the sideline from the yeah. sideline, Richard Kingy catches and scores a try. Happy days! But the the rules state that if the tee comes onto the field, as in the guy with the, with the running the water, running the the, the tee on the field, it dictates that you have to uh, take a shot at goal. So you've got to wait on the sideline before you go. We're getting not that they're getting so many rules wrong, but it, I think it, I think it's there's scope to now go to to video and see. I mean, it doesn't take long. You know? oh, I so thought it was fan- 
So what it was he, fantastic by Cipriani. Oh, Cipriani, mate, what, what, what he, and you, see, you saw on telly what he did. He said to the referee, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, sir, but see the posts up there. I don't know whether I, I might be able to take the kick for po- the post, but I might kick a crossfield. Also, he turned and kicked a crossfield. So he didn't nominate that he actually wanted to take three points. The the Western Force started getting in behind the, the goal goal line, waiting for the kick for goal. So what, he was on one side of the field and Correct. he's kicked across the face of goal. Oh, super. It was a, on a punt kick, though. He didn't, he didn't do a goal kick. He waited right. and then just sort of went, OK, because you can... You can kick the ball for a tap, so to speak. So he right. kicked it across. It was great. It was super play. The other one was Marky Gerard put a super shot on a on the on his opposite man and got binned. And it was just a shot that put him straight around the chest. And the touch judge comes in and said, "No, mate, it was it was a high shot. It, it deserved a yellow card." It's like all they had to do is look at the big screen and see it was a a tick in the box for a a great tackle. And he stays on the field. I think there's scope to go further on the video referee rather than just the grounding of the ball. Uh, the other games, the Bulls beating the Hurricanes in New Zealand. Tim, 26 points to 14. Yeah, big win for the Bulls. They're starting to get on a bit of a roll now. Not the Bulls of last year or the last couple of years we get to know. The Bulls from Pretoria in South Africa. Mornay Stain, five penalty goals and two conversions to beat the Hurricanes and uh, it's a good win for the Bulls on the road. Blues over the Cheetahs, 29-22. Highlanders over the Brumbies, 26-20. Oh, the Brumbies, dear oh dear. Um, and the Waratahs they got a win at home. There were no boos. Twenty-three points to sixteen over the Chiefs. Although the Chiefs, Matty, were coming home towards the end. Well, Timmy, what's the? Well, you've got the stats, mate. You were out there. What was the? Uh, what was the numbers in the second half? Oh, in in the first half, the the Waratahs they had seventy-two percent of the ball, and they had seventy percent of field position. So at half time, it was twenty to six to the Waratahs, and Pakalani scored a good try. They had a penalty try as well. So all of a sudden, you thought, okay, well the Waratahs are going to put the cue in the rack here, and they just sat back in the second half and and Curtly Beale playing at number ten instead of uh, Berwick Barnes. Berwick Barnes out for a couple of weeks with some head knocks, which is a concern for him. But you now twenty thousand people there at the Sydney Football Stadium. It was a hard fought win. You know, you'd think you'd take that four points from the Waratahs and uh, and go on to the next game, but it wasn't that impressive in the second half. They really needed someone to stand up. How did Bill go at fly half? Yeah, he went well. He went well. He d- he distributed well. I suppose he underplayed his hand uh, a little bit. The difficulty about um, his position on the weekend was, or Friday night, I should say, was he played 10 in attack and he played 15 in defence. And, and Timmy was talking about it before. And if there's a turnover, you need him to get the first touch of the ball. And when he's at fullback, he can't get there to touch that ball yeah. to start with. So that's where the, the compromise lies to dear, protecting a 10. Quade Cooper's sort of in the yeah, same, I, same I, I, role. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not in favour of putting them back to. If, if you're playing number ten, you've got to be able to tackle. Whether you like it or not, you're playing professional rugby. Stay on the line, make your tackles. Because if there, if there is turnovers, you're in the front line to actually counterattack straight away. Can I just make one comment, Matt, about the jersey, the Waratahs jersey? Now, I, I, I think it's a charity it was, thing. It was a charity. So we, 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 we love the cause. But there are many designs you can have for a charity jersey. <laughs> how Hopefully, we won't is, see it again. That's how it. is having the jerseys off. A hundred red Waratahs, or however many is. Uh, what, uh, uh, or displayed on the jersey, that is not going to intimidate anyone, Matt. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a flower, exactly right. I rest my coats, it's a flower. Found them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter, at The Ruck Show. Uh, boys, uh, I've been watching, uh, on been on Foxtel the last couple of weeks and obviously had its run at the movies, uh, Invictus, the story of the South African uh, Rugby World Cup win in 95 and how it united the nation and uh, a terrific story. I mean, Clint Eastwood was director and Matt Damon's in it and, you know, it's a big sort of Hollywood production. Uh, boys, and I'll throw to you first, Tim, what did you think of the movie and what did you think, in particular, the rugby action? How authentic was it? <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I think that it was a fantastic movie until you started watching the rugby because it just wasn't <laughs> wasn't really, you know, didn't look right. Uh, but I think Clint Eastwood, uh, when he saw the footage of the games live and then he also watched a lot of tapes, he said, gee, this is fantastic. The people in the States will love this because they don't have any helmets, they have no headgear. So the collisions were fantastic. So then he wanted to put more rugby content in it. So uh, I had a good chat to one of the boys who actually played Jonah Lomu uh, in, in the movie and, and he was saying it was they were there for three months filming. They had, uh, you know, actors from Australia playing the Wallabies, they had actors from you know New Zealand playing the New Zealanders. So it was, it was quite a well-put-together program. But, you know, Francois Pinard played by Matt Damon. I think it's probably flattered Francois Pinard to have Matt Damon playing well, him. Hang on, Francois's um, about six <laughs> foot five or something, and he's got little Matt Damon playing him. <laughs> Uh, it was incredible. A good, good movie, but, um, yeah, and whilst playing there in 95, having the experience to play there, we got uh, knocked out in the uh, in the quarterfinal by England. But just being there and seeing the atmosphere and how it did unite the country, um, you know, Nelson Mandela, that way, he, he worked really well with Francois Pinard about 18 months before that competition to say, how do we bring this country together? And it was, you have to win the World Cup and to, to unite the nation. Mate, they reckon, they reckon there's a call from through the movie that Pinard called his, uh, his wife and said, hey, listen, can you uh, spark up the barbie for us? Uh, couple of blokes are coming over for uh, to have a feed and she's gone oh, who's that she goes oh it's it's uh, clint morgan and matt <clears throat> excuse me and she's gone sorry clint eastwood morgan freeman and matt <laughs> like, oh, 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 <laughs> you just give them a sausage and a piece of bread wouldn't there you go that, that's all they need well, what about chester williams he's one of the fastest blokes in south african rugby in the movie he's 30 kilos overweight <laughs> <laughs> i think he said to matt the, the call is he said to matt damon you know, have, have you been training much and he said yeah i've been doing yeah, lots of boxing running that kind of stuff and chester just being who he is he said what, you haven't been playing rugby? And we went, well, no. He said, well, if it isn't a rugby movie, you should be playing a bit of rugby at the same time. But um, if you can also get out and see it, there's, a, there's one on ESPN called, um, I think it's The 16th Man, uh, where they take on that whole thing and they, they interview it and they use the real footage. It's quite incredible. Um, I think at the time, Timmy, you were saying before, it, you know, it, 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 it brought a nation together. Um, when we when we saw that, when I watched it afterwards, I thought, no wonder we lost. We were down in the pub having a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and were the new, were the All Blacks poison? Were the All Blacks? Uh, no, no way in the world. Oh, really? <laughs> no, <laughs> no way in the world. They just well, lost. They, they, the, the, the South Africans. There was no way they were going to lose that game. It's interesting. Like Berkey, you and I had a, a great experience to actually go to Robin Island just off um, Cape Town, where Nelson Mandela was housed there for over twenty odd years, and just to see his jail cell, to see how much he meant to the country, was uh, was incredible. You want rugby? Listen to the Rock. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Legend players Tim Horan and Matt Burke. And it's the heavyweight championship of the rugby world. With Tony Squires to make up the three. And the occasional cup of tea. Tony, white with two sugars, mate. The Rock. The Sunday Rugby Show. Tony's back next week. Winners overnight. Uh, the Stormers, the Reds, the Rebels and the Bulls. And we'll uh, look ahead to next week shortly. But there was an incident, uh, Matty Burke and Tim Horan, uh, in tennis, where David Ferrer, the Spanish player... Uh, absolutely blew up at a crying baby in the crowd to the point where he hit a tennis ball and tried to hit the baby. <laughs> now, I think he said it was in the direction of. But <laughs> right. when, when, when you come over the ball, you generate so much heat on it. And, and no, he, he lobbed it into the uh, into the stand. Now, it's always interesting, though, isn't it? Though, like you get different sports where you have to be quiet. So when you're teeing off in golf, Tiger Woods, everyone's shh, quiet. And you know, we're usually. The um, you know when you're kicking for a goal in Lansdowne Road in Ireland, the crowd has a tradition where you don't you know no one yells out. But a lot of other sports, you know, you're allowed to yell out. I reckon you should be able to yell out when they're serving in tennis and, you know, <laughs> and get the crowd to get into it. Now I'm sure you blokes have had some experience with it, with it, with a fan blowing up. Was it whether it was you, whether it was a teammate, Tim? 
Um, I've had a few, not, not a lot of fans, but I'm away from the country, away from Australia, you do, when you play a lot of rugby around the world. But probably, um, actually, when I was at Ballymore in the very early sort of 90s playing a game in front of the 4X Hill, I scored a try and then threw the ball up to the hill just in excitement. I didn't realise how hard I'd thrown it. And there was a guy standing sort of about two rows back in the hill. He had a, a can of 4X in each hand, and the ball's hitting fair and square in the middle of the melon. And I went up to him after the game and said, mate, I really apologise, and took my boots over to him. He said, no, that's OK, man. I had a beer in each hand. I didn't want to spill anything, you know. So it's, um, you get the, the, the passion in the game, and it's, uh, it's great to have those sort of guys around. You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. A show about rugby put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. The table, uh, we'll just worry about the Australian conference. Uh, The Reds with their win, 26 points. Uh, The Waratahs on 22. And it's pretty much those two. The rest are way back. The Rebels are uh, are on 15. They've played an extra game. The Brumbies on 13. And the Force, after losing one they probably shouldn't have yesterday, uh, are on 12. So you've got the Reds four points clear of the Waratahs. As we look ahead to next week's games, uh, gentlemen, in fact, we'll go through them all. Just a quick tip on the ones not involving the Australian teams, and we might embellish a bit more on the Australian ones. Highlanders versus the Cheetahs in Dunedin. Matty? Well, Highlanders, are, uh, they're on a roll at the moment. They had that uh, nice win over the Brumbies. Uh, uh, you can't not take them. Cheetahs got a tough road trip as well. Yeah, Highlanders in Dunedin, hard to beat. Now, the Crusaders play the Bulls, and again, this is a Crusaders home game. They don't have a home ground, of course. So this is in the town of Timaru. Um, uh, and the Bulls are, of course, one of the big teams in South Africa, Tim. Yeah, I think it's it's great that uh, the Crusaders, unfortunately, because they can't play in their home ground uh, in Christchurch because of the earthquake, they're, they're taking the game away. So Timaru, uh, and the great part about in New Zealand as well, they do a great job of actually taking the game to the country areas. Timaru, Nelson, uh, Whangarei, um, Invercargill, that the Highlanders also play. It's their second home ground as well. So I'd like to see that more in Australia. Like I know we play some trial games early in the year and move the game into the country areas, but imagine the Waratahs playing in Gosford or Dubbo, the Reds playing in Townsville or Toowoomba, and even, you know, the Force playing one game in Kalgoorlie, it'll just spread the game out a little bit more. It would be pretty special. I'll tell you what would be special in this game. The two number 10s shaping up to each other, Carter and Mornay Stain. But then what about on the drift, for example, in defence? Mornay Stain trying to tackle Sonny Bill Williams. It's, it's, he has been, he's changed that 12 role, Timmy, for, for the new rules of having the five metres back and, and, and running into space. He's now just running straight and making it so easy for blokes to, to score tries. Tricking him last week, Dan Carter. It's like on a, on a plate where it's like, will I go left, will I go right? I'll just flip yeah. it back to left. Wasn't that side. fantastic, though, in Twickenham? A great advertisement for Southern Hemisphere rugby. Nearly 40,000 people at Twickenham, and the way they played the game was a, um, you know, the Crusaders be- beating the Sharks. And, and the Sharks have really struggled when they came back. Obviously, lost to the Stormers uh, last night because they've, they've been on the road for four weeks. Okay, Brumbies and Hurricanes in Canberra. Now, surely, if the Brumbies are going to win one, this is a great chance against the team coming last in the uh, New Zealand Conference. Well, you'd think so. Like, the Brumbies at home, they just need something. They they were brilliant, I thought, against the Reds about three weeks ago when they scored four tries to one. Then they they struggled against the Waratahs. It wasn't a fantastic game last last weekend. And, and then uh, they lost against the, the Highlanders uh, on the weekend. So um, the Hurricanes, you never know which side you're going to get from them. They've been very disappointing so far in this comp. Well, the Brumbies have only uh, they've got five bonus points. So they've only just been losing, if that's the case. And, and, and it's... It's a flick of the coin just about as to where, what side of the ledge you're on. So 
You're right. Hopefully, Brumbies at home, uh, they'll prove too strong for the Hurricanes. Now, big game for the Waratahs because they're playing the Western Force and it's one they should win, but it is over over in the West and they can't afford to drop games, the Waratahs, while they're you know a, a win behind uh, the, um, the, the, Queensland, uh, the Queensland Reds on the table. Uh, question marks over Phil War as well. Uh, Matty, how do you see that going? Uh, I think um, you know the Waratahs. They need to they need to play well for themselves to start with. That's that's the biggest thing. Difficult travelling to, to Perth and uh, all that time frame and the rest of it. But you know the, the force they're playing some good rugby as well. They've got some uh, got some players at the moment who are certainly certainly going forward making the advantage line. Cameron Shepherd I thought did well last night. Uh, James O'Connor again was was a bit of a starring role. Uh, they've got players to come back as well. So um, uh, Waratahs will find it difficult over there, but it's, it's going to be a great matchup because they need to keep going, to keep up with the Reds. Well, the matchup, obviously, James O'Connor, and if Kirtley Beale still plays at number 10, those two guys, probably the best, you know, probably the form guys in the competition, and James O'Connor single-handedly has been sort of keeping this force team together, but they slip up last night uh, against the Rebels, and it's it's just great to see the Rebels finally win one away from home. But, yeah, that'll be a great matchup. The Western Force versus the Waratahs next Saturday night in Perth. Biggest test. Rebels have got the bye next week, by the way. Stormers and the Reds, the Reds' biggest test of the season by far. That is in Cape Town, Tim. Yeah, and uh, it's, we'll finally see how good the Reds are because they've had some... Um, and he had really one hiccup against the Waratahs so in, in Sydney, and they haven't yet played a New Zealand team, and they haven't yet played a really top-of-the-table um, outfit from South Africa. So playing in, playing in Cape Town, where the Stormers are from, it's probably one of the, the two or three hardest places to actually win a game against the Stormers, and they're on a roll, the Stormers undefeated. Give him a chance, Matty? Well, I think so, yeah, no doubt about it. They'd... Mind you, the Stormers put the cleaners through the Reds the other week. They played uh, the Force, I should say. They played an incredibly upbeat game, up tempo game. So I'm sure the Reds can handle that uh, and uh, and throw something back at them as well. Defence is going to be uh, obviously the biggest thing about it. And um, as we spoke earlier on, uh, Quade Cooper just stand at ten and, and muscle up. All right, and Sharks lines. We won't go into this in too much depth. One word, Sharks. <laughs> One word. Sharks at home. (laughs) And the Blues, the Chiefs also had the buy along with the Rebels. Before we go, Tim, a uh, message for uh, another uh, Wallaby side. Well, the the, uh, Adelaide Sevens are on at the moment and um, Australia going well. Michael O'Connor, who's the coach, has has produced a fair few players out of that Sevens team over the last two or three years that are now playing in Super Rugby. So they lost to Fiji in the pool game uh, yesterday, 26-21. They were up early on. So Australia today will play Samoa in the quarterfinal and uh, good luck to the boys. Other quarterfinals, England versus Wales, which will be a cracker. New Zealand play Argentina and South Africa play Fiji. So um, New Zealand potentially favourites after they won the Hong Kong tournament last weekend. So good luck to the boys today. Good on you, Timmy. You have a good week. Thanks, boys. All good. Good to see you. Have a good week, Matty. Thanks, boys. Well done. Don't forget you can podcast the show, triplem.com.au or on iTunes, also on Twitter, at The Ruck Show. And there's a Facebook page. What could possibly be on the Facebook page? But there's a Facebook page. <laughs> is, is there personal photos of you, Matt, with the baby? With I the think, babies? I think it's Tim and the, Tim and the Skivvy sipping latte. So uh, get on <laughs> and have a look at it. It's now you, my sports craft kick. Look at me. I'm, you know. <laughs> now, you've got many children, Matty, and, but I know last night you went on a date. Successful? <laughs> we got a bit of time away from the kids, which is great. And then uh, we're only about two minutes from home. That was the best part of it. Did we get a result? Oh, yeah. I had a couple of beers. <laughs> the Rock. See you next week.